We have undertaken quite a challenge today, and that is to boil down to one or two hours the best moments of the best year of our life, a year that contained, I looked it up, Mark, I did the math, 8,760 hours. And we're going to try to boil this down to one or two hours of brightest moments. You know, I had a little bit of apprehension about this podcast because here's the risks. Tell me what you think, Mark, because there's sort of a risk that people are thinking if we record this that we're sort of showing off or that we're like pretending to have a perfect life. So some people, when they hear that, they kind of distance themselves. Yes, that is a definite concern. We've also had a podcast about all the bummers we went through this year. So seek to balance it out. As you've noted, uh, no matter what you do, even if you go and travel across America, you still take you with yourself. <laughs> right. So we are not pretending that life is perfect, uh, This even this past year of our life that we really, really enjoyed. Um, but again, a happiest year of our life, you're still going to feel all the same feelings. Like I mentioned before, grief, frustration, disappointment, regret, guilt, anger, fear. Like you're going to feel all the same feelings. You're not going to have only positive feelings on the best year of your life. It's just like a different backdrop. Some people may be asking, how do you afford your rock and roll lifestyle? Preacher's salary, how do you get to do this? And I mean, what are some things that are playing into that? Well, some things that are playing into it is that we are fortunate to live in the Portland area where our house appreciated quite a bit. Uh, Four times the the original value, yeah. And then for most of our lives, we've lived, seek to live within our means uh, to the point that clothes and etc. all came from secondhand stores. We've lived thrifty. Yeah. All those years. And we also did some things on the side. I guess the other thing, too, is that the way we're living, it's not we're living on perpetual vacation. No. Uh, we still have a very simple breakfast in the morning. Um, we might have one meal a day. Uh, we're not going to one high-end amusement park after another. Right. We're spending time with friends and kind of mooch-docking in their driveway. Mm. <laughs> and. Um, so there's a lot of things like that. We were very fortunate to get the Airstream when we did uh, for the price oh, that we wow. got it. We thought we were going to take a big hit of depreciation, and it went the opposite, which is really unexpected and very, very thank you, Jesus. So, and there's, you know, there's just a few things. You know, I'm still continuing to preach on the road. I opted in the Social Security early. We have a rental in Florida that brings in some revenue and also living on the road is actually cheaper than living in a stick house. That was really a surprise, wasn't it? I mean, the thing that was the weirdest on that to me was that we spent less on gasoline. Right. That was a surprise. Yeah. And the other thing that I think plays into it is that, like you said, we enjoy living frugally. Like we kind of think you don't necessarily get what you pay for when it comes to, oh, how much were the admission tickets for this and that. A lot of our happiest joys are free. You know, we're just super into nature and the things that we love to do are not expensive, generally speaking. We also don't have like expensive vices, like we're not gamblers. We don't do huge grand vacations where we fly out of the country, you know. And I think also just staying married all these years, that has stretched our dollar. There was ripple effects to that and just making the choices of not being addicted to this and that. So it's been a number of things. Most of all, the thing at play is the grace of God, Mm -hmm. honestly. Yes. God is the one who allowed us to be born to parents that were also, I mean, blue collar workers. Yes. For the most part, 
that just worked really hard taught us even from our teens we worked really hard and earned our own money and still work as play sometimes so all that kind of played in and yeah we're still making a little bit of an income through Mark's work so let's dig in then well, if we start off with brightest, brightest moments, the, um, the people are the brightest moments. Always. Yes. Love and, our people. And so there were people that gave us definitely some extended stays. Yeah. From, um, Brian and Ashley, our mm-hmm. daughter and wonderful son-in-law, the Martinos, mm-hmm. uh, the Wades, Sarah Fisher, and Kelly's, the Billingtons, the Gons, the McCowans, the Elliots, the Hughes, the Clarks, all gave us or gifted us extended stays yeah. and also uh, thank you Pat uh, down at Fort Walton Beach oh, for yeah. a week up at their RV park. Yeah, and Defuniac fantastic. Yeah and I mean especially the Elliots because we kept coming back to the Elliots like they were kind of our home base nearest to our old congregation where all our doctors are and they pretty much didn't know when we would be coming and going and they have a big full active life big family and at the same time we're kind of juggling us in and out of their shower and things like that. So big, big thank you to the Elliots. One of the bright moments was Barry and Rose, who probably the most Easter-like dinner I've had, you might say not in the sense of religious, but yeah. the traditional family Easter dinner. Right. Uh, we, and in all of all places, the Atlanta area, which to me was a perfect fit for that. Yes. And, um that was a bright moment because the holidays on the road yeah. can be rather lonely. It can be lonely. And I mean, Tammy took the time. We, sh- we spent Christmas with Tammy Spidal. We spent Thanksgiving with the Wades. We spent Fourth of July with the McDonald's. And so, yeah, it was really, really special not being alone on those holidays. Mm-hmm. So another brightest moment were the invites that we actually got from strangers. Or invites from Christians that we had never met before. We show up in Destin and immediately we are invited to lunch, to the dinner table, to a home-cooked meal of roast, mashed potatoes, gravy, and cream corn. (laughs) I mean, some of the people that we met, we met a heart surgeon that said, hey, if you're ever in... Was it Bend or was it in Fort Myers? Like we Probably could plug both of in. Those. Yeah, I met a woman named Yang when we were exploring up in the mud hills of the Badlands, and they have a house in Minnesota. And they're like, "Oh, anytime if you come through our area, just contact us. We're friends on Facebook now, and you can definitely plug in at our house." And Mark, remember this guy that we were plugged in at a church building one night? Uh, there was a man named Dalton who saw us unplugging and leaving, but before we could pull out, do you remember him? Yes, he came down and said, hey, do you need a place to dump? And so we just drove up the road, got loaded up on fresh water, dumped both our tanks, and he said, hey, next time you come through, just stay here. Yeah, you don't you have can- to park in the parking lot, you know, and we're like, oh, well, we're going to be going down to Florida. He's like, hey, so am I. Well, maybe we'll meet up. So we never did get back into contact with him. But I mean, just the kindness of strangers really happened quite a bit and a lot of it happened Mark when you would walk around the RV parks in the morning I remember one day you met somebody from Augusta Georgia and we were at that red coconut in uh, RV park in Fort Myers Florida Fort Myers Beach and he's a landscaper and he said hey when you're coming through Augusta here's a place to stay gave me his business card 
Yeah. The other strangers that didn't necessarily mention, hey, we can have you plug into our electricity and use our water, but really just strangers that we super connected with. And I think about one of the first ones early on were two women. One was named TJ and the other one was named Jen at Panera Bread. And I tell you, I didn't see this coming, but we ended up, Ashley and I, talking to them, Bible and spirituality and all things related to God and eternity, like three hours. That's what I live for. Love, love, love that. Do you yeah. remember any of those moments, honey? Yeah, thank you for Joshua Gertler, yeah. who introduced us to some of his Amish friends. Yeah. Um, and to one of them who had a pristine dairy and who was excited about what he was reading in his Bible. Yeah, I mean, just to see him light up, I remember he's like, it just comes alive. Do you know what I mean? It springs to life for me. I love it. And so it was just so amazing to hear him talk about his bond with the scriptures and his thick German accent, you know. And I just remember, he's like, do you want me to go in and get my Bible? I'm like, sure. So he comes out, he brings it back, and he's showing me, and I'm like, can I hold it? And so he handed it to me, and I turned to First Peter 3.21 that says, baptism now saves you. And I was like, have you seen this? This verse amazes me. And so he reads it and he nods it thoughtfully. And we just had such an amazing, amazing conversation. And it felt so special, you know, that Josh had made this happen because I just didn't, I didn't feel like I would ever in any other circumstance be able to have a heart to heart conversation with an Amish man, you know, that can be somewhat private. So Mm -hmm. yeah, lots of unexpected conversations every now and again. I remember one, Mark, do you remember Wawa? I, I, sometimes I name people that I only know their first name and said, Mark, do you remember Wawa? Wawa Mary in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Yes, at the and Wawa would be Wawa's a a chain of gas stations. <laughs> right. So Mary is outside this chain uh, gas station and near Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, and she's like screaming at the people that are walking in and out of this Wawa gas station convenience store. And so I went ahead and engaged her and we had a long convert. Well, I don't know if it was long, 20 minutes or something. Um, You know, I just talked about the value of reading the Bible cover to cover. And she felt like she didn't have to scream anymore. Somebody was willing to engage her. And so she was trying to um, warn people about things related to COVID and such. So we had a good spiritual conversation. I think it's good to engage the people that kind of know how to engage and then other people that want to engage but kind of don't know how and to take the time to have those conversations. Um, Mark, do you remember the conversation we had at the Tabernacle Reconstruction in Lancaster, Pennsylvania? It had the Old Testament Tabernacle um, and the woman named Tiffany. Do you remember anything about that? She was our tour guide and she... Uh, talked about the tabernacle, talked about a lot of the symbolism as yeah. far as the pr- tabernacle was a preview of like the Lord's church yeah. and uh, the Holy of Holies uh, was symbolic of God's throne in heaven. Exactly. And when Jesus died upon the cross, at, like the high priest that went in and made atonement for the sins of the people, that's what Jesus did Yeah. in the most holy place right before the mercy seat. Yeah. which represented God's throne. So, And then you sought to help her see the, um, the symbolism between the labor yeah. that was placed before the priests went in to serve in the tabernacle in which they had to wash, baptism in the New Testament, that before we enter the kingdom to serve, we must be born of water and the Spirit. 
Yeah, like the timing of that. Yeah, that you first you wash, then you serve. It's not like you've been serving for a while and then you decide, you know, maybe I should wash in the laver. In God's pattern, the washing comes first, the service after. Therefore, like Mark 16, 16 says, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. That That's in Acts 2.38 as well. So yeah, how it's so parallel with everything in the Old Testament. Mark, do you remember when we, talking about strangers still, and this is the wonderful strangers that we met, do you remember we are quarantining, I can't remember what the name of that RV well, park was. we were in the Pigeon Forge area. It was, yeah, yeah, for like two weeks. And so this man walks kind of close by our campsite near the lake that we looked over, and I see he's wearing one of these shirts that says, stand in the gap. So I just kind of playfully shout out to him, are you standing in the gap today? And so he turns around and laughs and smiles and we kind of connect. His name ended up being Marvin and his wife was Faye. And so I gifted him one of my copies of Your Fresh Start. And so it talks about restoring the patterns of the New Testament Christianity. By the time he left, he said he had it half read before we said our goodbyes. And he said he really, really enjoyed it. So that felt really special to be able to hand that to a Baptist preacher. And just to see Providence working on being able to share, again, the patterns of the New Testament and how non-denominational Christianity worked in all kinds of ways in the New Testament. We ran into a couple of van lifers uh, down kind of on the Lost Coast, Carabelle, Carabelle, yes. Florida. Yes. They were grabbing some free electricity for their laptops. So yes. Little Madeline and Christopher. I remember that. Beach area. Yeah. yeah. I just remember just being able to relate to them in so many levels. And just I would say something, she'd be like, me too. And then I'd, then I'd she'd talk for a while and I'd be, me too. And after a while, I mean, <laughs> how many times can you say that? And, and it starts being like, okay, this is really weird. Like how many things can we have in common? I mean, but by the end of our conversation, we joked that we had been separated at birth and must have the same blood type. So we stayed in touch. We've had, we've exchanged some emails and she just likes reading about all the same things that I like to read about, you know brain science, the science of positivity and happiness, and just discovering music and all things related to living nomadically. So that was really, really fun to meet people that we could relate to that were really from a generation before ours. So many shop owners too, honey. Do you remember like, for example, I remember the day that I was wearing my Jesus Changes Everything shirt and we were at this Amish hippie store uh, I think it was called the Amish Hippie. Which uh, you might not expect to find incredibly religious people right. in, a, in a typical hippie shop. So we stayed and we chatted for a while. And the thing is that the person working there is like, I like your shirt. So yeah, you just never know. It's easy to think somebody that works in a certain kind of business would not be into Jesus, but she very, very much was. And so we gifted her also a copy of Your Fresh Start. It's so fun to hand those books out to the people that we meet all over the country. Our traveling was like drinking through a fire hose. Yes. As we were constantly learning things every day. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a cultural buffet, mm-hmm. which included Indian rock carvings from 1200 to 1300 AD. I didn't know that was coming. Petroglyphs, is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. Yeah, that you see all these really cool carvings and they all mean things and it's all these symbols of animals and people and religious symbols and nature symbols. So fascinating. There was St. George Island, which was nice and isolated yeah. and maybe one of the most family-friendly beaches. I think so. I mean, like compared to Clearwater or Fort Myers, which were not, I yeah. did not find to be family-friendly. 
Um, St. George did seem to be much more quiet, and I think that'll be one that if we ever want to spend much time on a Florida beach, I think we'll gravitate towards St. George. Florida was really nice because of the birds, and especially mm-hmm. the sand cranes that tilt their heads to watch airplanes cross the I sky. I never knew that. I never knew that. And so, yeah, that was around the time that the Kellys were letting us hang out in their backyard for a couple of weeks. They weren't even there yet. They were still in transition, um, preparing to move. But, yeah, and I remember the first time I saw these fluffy pink clouds lighting up with lightning flashes. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, how can you be alive for 59 years and not realize Nature does this super cool thing, but love to learn about that. Uh, Loved seeing that element of nature that I had never seen before in my life. There were other things, honey, that weren't really related to nature. It was more like, oh, I never thought of that. That's cool, or I've never seen that. So do you remember when we are at that potluck? I think it's a Sunday afternoon. We're in the backyard after worshiping at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, and the smelters are there. Yes. Yes. Do you remember they were playing Mega Jenga with these huge wood blocks? Right. That's an idea. I also discovered that weekend the steel tongue drums. What a great, it's such a beautiful sound. And so I remember that April and Tim had purchased those for their daughters and they were learning how to play music on those. You guys, that is one instrument. It always sounds beautiful no matter what you're playing on it. And so what a great way to introduce your children if you feel like you want to add music to their education. Love the steel tongue drum. Learned about that. The other thing I learned about was my friend Stephanie Merrill has an infrared sauna. And so I tried that for the first time for about a half an hour. And it, the thing that was kind of cool is that I learned that it, it kind of, I found it gave me a similar feeling of sort of the same physical well-being that you get if you take a run. So you, it felt like I was kind of cleaned out, like I'd had this good sweat, like I'd been on a really good hard run. So that was interesting. So I mean, that whole brightest moment there is just learning things. A lot of times the brightest moment of a day is learning things. Those were some of the things that we learned. And back to nature, Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the eclipse back in August of 2017 was amazing. Yeah, amazing. And our trip brought uh, spine tingling. Yes. Moved to tears. Yes. For example, the, the redwoods. Yes. With their spongy bark. That was so interesting about how, hey, the reason why they haven't burned down while a, a lot of forests like burn to the ground is, yeah, that spongy bark absorbs moisture. And so that kind of helps when the forest is on fire, that it repels water almost. Amazing. And yeah, you're mentioning move to tears. I mean, that's why really our license plate says move me. Mm-hmm. It means it's really a prayer to God. And it's about God, show me the brightest moments when they come. Move me to happy tears. This is what I'm after. So, yeah, California redwoods, definitely. And like Jurassic Park-sized dragonflies there. That was amazing, amazing. And I know when we were there, Mark, there was a man in a wheelchair named Tony. And I got to talk to him for a while while we were first entering. And he could go he could go a ways in his wheelchair. Yeah. But eventually, eventually the trail would not allow him to exactly. go. Exactly. And I guess that's one of those things to be grateful. Mm-hmm. If you're hiking on a trail and hot and sweaty and tired, be grateful that 
you're able to go on that trail because yeah. Tony would have loved to go on the rest of the trail. Yes, yes. I was grateful, though, that he knew exactly. We talked about this. Like, we know who to thank for this beauty, right? He's like, yep. So we all knew where to direct our praise for the gorgeous, gorgeous walk that we took. Um, and, Mark and Mark and I made it all the way to the Mossy Fern Canyon with the little creek that was running through the bottom of it. Wow, that was a bright moment. And I learned that day. That I was like, oh, I could do this whole forest. Like, what would it take? And it turns out there's like 200 miles of trails there so that is one place that i would love to return and do some more hiking mark what was another bright moment uh and particularly nature too uh craters of the moon in idaho uh if someone would tell you you're driving on the moon right now (laughs) you would believe it you would believe it we're on mars yes uh and um of course we had high wind and you went up these cinder cones with an amazing 360 degree view it was warm it was probably 90 degrees that day yeah Uh, windy but and then there were places that you would go up a trail and look down and 20 feet below you in a little cave yeah was ice and snow amazing yeah yeah i guess from the top there you can see the great rift the snake river plain the pioneer mountains the teton range 100 miles to the east so and there was another special thing that happened that day mark do you remember well we ran into uh evil knievel's ramp on the snake river where he attempted to jump the snake river decades ago and it is still there Yes, and so we made the most of it by, we put like the background sound of that event off of YouTube, and so we played it while we were exploring that ramp. So it was a little bit of a 1970s throwback moment. Loved it. Bright, bright moment. And it just so happened that Randy Smith of America's Parks, Uh a YouTuber, was there filming at the same time. (laughs) Right, so he interviewed us a little bit. That was a surprise. All right, so another brightest moment was really around Yellowstone. My favorite thing about Yellowstone is I love hearing the prairie dogs chirping and seeing their little tails wagging so quickly under those Montana skies. I remember making eye contact with a buffalo. Like, I love being eye to eye. A buffalo in Yellowstone. Um, That was as fabulous. There was one other eye contact that happened months later after that with a dolphin in Key West. But there's something about such a grand, grand creature looking you straight in the eye. Yeah, I remember we were getting ready to leave the park. It was sunset and a beautiful sunset. And there was one lone big male buffalo Mm -hmm. out in the field by himself, almost saying, take the picture take the picture (laughs) yeah he's i'm posing for you right here so we start driving toward devil's tower and i'm in the very back here and i'm kind of starting to watch clips of richard dreyfus in close encounters because that came out right in the middle of my teenage years and my family my family almost liked that movie more than star wars because there was a lot of comedy to it and everything and so we're getting closer and closer to the devil's tower and we get there pretty late kind of thinking oh maybe mark and i could watch that movie we're pretty tired by the time we pull in but they offer that they offer that movie when you go to this rv park that's right at the base of devil's tower koa at devil's tower plays close encounters of the third kind Every evening. Every evening, because they know that's what it's kind of known for now. Is It is what people think of when they think of Devil's Tower. So, you know, before we go to sleep, we plan the hike that we're going to do at the base of Devil's Tower the next day. And then at 2 a.m., suddenly thunder and lightning over and around Devil's Tower just explodes 
explodes and we are half expecting Richard Dreyfus and the little bald skinny space aliens with the musical spaceship that comes down like it almost like from the cover of the 1977 Boston record album yeah where you get that bum 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 <laughs> right and so it's like wow it's happening it's happening it was such a show and I just got up and I got my phone out and I ended up with some pretty fantastic sideways lightning bolts going straight toward the devil's tower it looked like science fiction mark it was fantastic transitioning we uh stopped by the cornfield in which buddy holly's plane crashed in 1959 mm-hmm. and the song this american pie mm-hmm. is based on that and you mm-hmm. were out with your foam guitar you got my foam guitar you were wondering why i was hauling that all around the country this foam guitar that i'd worn for a mar- a rock and roll marathon that i did years ago i held on to that and it came on the trip and there you go it came in handy slung that thing around me and put on my um, American flag tights and we walked out there in the white cowboy boots and had a moment with Buddy Holly. It's not that we're the most Buddy Holly fanatics Mm -hmm. ever, but it was really special. A lot of people out there, right? Yes, a lot of people. A continuous stream of people came. Yeah, coming in and out of this cornfield that has sort of like a little monument, like things that people leave behind. Mm I remember I accidentally left my phone camera on and I had that music playing and it actually turned in accidentally into a pretty cool video. So that was interesting. Unexpected. It feels like that was sort of a last minute idea. I'm not sure how long you had planned that yeah. little outing. but Well, definitely the next one was unexpected. Yeah. Is that I don't think we, real, we realized that the field of dreams. Yes. Uh, Brightest moment. Yeah. Dryersville, Iowa was just in our neck of the woods. And yeah. Mike... And Pensy King drove yeah. us out there. Yeah. And it just so happens it was a Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. Getting, you know, the sun hadn't set yet. And the Glowy. corn was growing. All the the cornfield was around the movie set there where they you can spend the night there. And they play baseball games there. And a baseball game of play young teenage boys, yeah. two teams, yeah. was going on. Yeah. It was just so reminiscent to me of my childhood because... You know, my dad was the president of the Salem Softball Association when I was growing up in Salem, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And really, I just kind of feel like I spent so much time, you know, on those dusty, happy baseball parks. And just the smells and the sounds and the feeling, it just feels like my childhood. And I mean, if anybody has not yet seen Ken Burns' documentary on baseball it's so so interesting and I mean I don't take the time every year to follow baseball on TV we really just don't watch TV but I can totally relate to Bryant Gumble has this quote other sports are just sports baseball is love can totally relate to that and I love the quote from the field of dreams that says the memories will be so thick they'll have to brush them away from their faces unquote and I I found that to be true I was pretty teary-eyed at the Field of Dreams, just gorgeous. What a gorgeous stop. Loved it, loved it. Brightest moment for sure. Speaking of being teary-eyed, mm-hmm. uh, Niagara Falls. Yep. Uh, definitely recommend the what Maiden of the Mist boat tour. To me, it yeah. takes you far closer into the falls <laughs> and for a longer time than I really wanted to be there. <laughs> right. And you're getting wet, and they give you a poncho, and people are screaming on the boat. And, and then you come back, and on the American side, yeah. there is the... 
cave, American Falls, and there's a rickety deck down there. Or yeah. I guess maybe I shouldn't say rickety, but <laughs> it's just a wooden deck, yeah. and you can get up on what they call the hurricane deck yeah. and stand there right up against the waterfall, which is within an arm's reach away. Yeah. And while you were there... With all the water and the mist, and then there was a big, a big rainbow. Yeah, so the there. rainbow went for hundreds and hundreds of feet. It was just so vast. It was after that, after I'd stood on the hur- hurricane deck, I believe, and you, you got to hold on in order not to be power washed. Or to be swept off. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was just thinking of when I saw that rainbow and I heard the roaring waters. I decided about Revelation four one through six, where the word of God says, "I looked, and there was a rainbow around the throne, like an emerald in appearance." And out from the throne came peals of thunder. And so I was just thinking about... I know you told me that the next time you will see anything like that is when you're before the throne of God. In the presence of God in eternity. I mean, it's such a unique, unique experience there. The rainbow and the peals of thunder. I mean, the thunder of all that water hitting the earth. So that was a super duper bright moment that made me brush away some tears. So, Mark, another bright moment was Woodstock. We visited the location of Woodstock. Which is not in Woodstock, New York. It's in Bethel, New York. It's in Bethel, New York. So, of course, back in August of 69, a bunch of hippies played in the mud there. And so it happened, just happened to be while we were there. Um, I enjoyed squishing my feet in the same mud that the hippies did. (laughs) So we walked around. It was wet. And, of course, the stage was no longer there. I just remember, too, finding a rock at Woodstock. I just remember finding a rock at the base of a tree at Woodstock. So there's this area where a lot of people leave things. And so we also left our Only God cards and so I looked around for something to take as well and so I found a rock that somebody had painted that said you belong among the wildflowers and of course that's a quote from Tom Petty's song that I love and the thing that was funny that is that weeks after I discovered that rock I flipped it over and on the back of it it had something that I'm not going to say but it has related to conservative politics. Well, I think the neat thing at Woodstock was in the museum and the documentary and the tour uh-huh. that we took was that um, it, it it was not utopia. And yeah, they didn't try to make it into, they didn't romanticize it. No, they didn't romanticize it. And if it wasn't for the hardworking people in the community that came through, yeah. a lot of young people might have gotten incredibly sick. It just reminds us that it's the people that are working every day that unfortunately sometimes provide a safety net for the people who are recklessly playing all the time. Yeah. So I do love some of the music that came out of Woodstock. And I think maybe if I had been there, maybe some of my favorites would would have been. I love Jimi Hendrix on the guitar. Um, I mean, CCR, Crosby, Stills, Nash, maybe Santana, um, some of Janis Joplin's, definitely Johnny Winter on the guitar. You know what the sad thing to me was that the museum, and the museum didn't really talk about this, but the truth is like 13 months after Woodstock, Jimi Hendrix would choke to death on his own vomit while he was using drugs. And a month later after that, Janis Joplin would die of a heroin overdose. And I just mostly walked away, I think, from Woodstock thinking about how really true, lasting happiness is not in hedonism. It is in Christ alone and his wisdom in teaching us to pace ourselves in enjoying a little taste of sweetness every now and then and to enjoy 
really every physical blessing in moderation and because of its sacredness to keep sex within the marriage covenant. I mean, I know how old school that sounds, but just the thing is, I think we've learned the ripple effects of that in our culture is immeasurable. In fact, I think we have even a podcast just totally on that, Mark, the benefits of living life according to God's instructions and within his virtues. Like music is fantastic. Guitars are fantastic, but hedonism is not where it's at. So I think the next brightest moment that really touched my heart was it's getting towards the end of October and we are visiting the reproduction of Noah's Ark in Williamstown, Kentucky. The thing that really touched my heart is when you go up the stairs into the ark, it's kind of like a switchback. You go up the stairs very slowly. It's very quiet, except that they make it very, very dark. And the only light really, for the most part, is the thunder and the lightning flashes that they have that indicates God's judgment being imminent. And so for me, it was just a reminder of the mercy of God who has rescued me from my own sin, who I have now run to cover into the safe place of being in Christ. And really, 1 Peter 3, having been saved and spiritually separated from the evil in the world by the waters of baptism. And you can read more about that in 1 Peter 3.21. It says, baptism now saves you. I mean, it talks about Noah being saved through the water and by the water, right? And then that paralleling to that baptism now saves you. It was neat as we exited there were a lot of like birds, like flocks yes. of birds that were in formation to the music swooping that was being swooping. Yeah. played uh, right in front of the ark as, as, if, as if they were getting ready to enter the ark. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, like they were coming from near and far and they would just, I don't know what kind of birds they were. They would land in this pond right in front of it. They must have planned that knowing the behavior of these kinds of birds because, yeah, it's like around sunset or after, and they are swooping around so gorgeously and landing. I could have watched that forever. Such a bright moment. So, so amazing. It was very encouraging as we came through Bowling Green, Kentucky. To yes. One Stone, uh, to see your book, Your Fresh Start, at yeah. the bookstore owned by Andy Alexander, yeah. who's published a book. Yeah, and we spoke in December, and he seems interested in publishing my book, 100 Churches, I hope, someday. So we're about halfway done writing at least the first draft of that, because I think we visited last year 55 churches, and I may have... I may have around 47 or something so far written of these amazing congregations that we visited and all of the ways that they honor the patterns of the New Testament church according to God's desire for it and the unique ways in which they get God's work done without compromising any of those scriptures. So with each of the 100 churches, we'll do a special theme for each one. Bright moment. This Thanksgiving, uh, this past Thanksgiving, we were able to spend with Maureen Beth Wade and their family. Yes, I love playing categories with them. I thought that was hysterical. Well, I think what was hysterical was that they were trying to convince each other about the words that they tossed. <laughs> yeah, they were kind of arguing about like, oh, that's a real word. That's a real word. And so one of the words that was argued about was hoy, H-O-I, yeah. right? And so I don't know who it was, but they were trying to convince us all that that's a real word and that it meant like it was a way of saying hello and goodbye. And so at the end of that evening, 
their kids are walking out the door and they just told us, hoy, hoy. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fantastic. Also, we played kind of some homemade rounds of Name That Tune, right? We were just kind of like, okay, we get on Spotify and we just play the first five seconds of different songs. And so whoever can name the song or name the artist, then they get the point. So that's always a fun thing to sit around and do, you know, on a autumn night. Gregory and Koshka were wonderful to be with early December mm-hmm. in Alabama. And the little treat that Koshka put on her pillow, the oh, man. Lindor, Koshka. Lind- Lindor truffles or Lindor <laughs> chocolates, man. How many Girl. months after were we buying those still? Oh, Mark, it was a hard. It was hard to get off of those. Yeah, and she she talk about the little hostess of the world, man. She had a killer little. We walked into our bedroom and it was like this little tray of everything customized exactly. Like she had done her research, you know, little w- flavor water packets. Cindy drinks all that water. Let's get some flavor water packets and. On and on and on, but just such a sweet, sweet couple. And you really, I think over the course of our days with them, it just felt like, on a lot of levels, feel like our children in the Lord. And I I don't know where that chemistry comes from, but, you know, I think some of it has. Like, we have this mutual desire to grow and just a curiosity about learning and everything. And they're just so, so humble, wanting advice on this and that. And then they give us good advice, too. And... I don't know. There's just some way that I would say that she kind of feels a little Koshka. I've known her for many, many years and her growing up years and such. And so she is like a daughter to me. And, you know, I think for that reason, maybe I can forgive her for getting me hooked onto chocolates for (laughs) several, several months. Um, Just beautiful, beautiful little family. So that was very, very much a highlight. Also, just not just this deep, serious talks, but also how much we laughed. And yeah, very, very special time with Gregory and Koshka. Very much a highlight. It was early December, and we entered Florida on the Gulf side Mm -hmm. uh, near Miramar Beach, Destin, Fort Walton Beach. Some say the most beautiful beaches in the world, the Emerald Coast, white sand like powdered sugar, turquoise water, palm trees wrapped in Christmas lights. Mm -hmm. I guess just with the realization that we were not on a 10-day vacation, Mm -hmm. that we had to then go back and return to a cold (laughs) damp how yeah as long as god gives us health and protects our savings i mean anything can happen at any time you know so we realize that but yeah the feeling that we get to keep it we don't have to go home like this is our life that was really really special i remember shouting that to you as we entered and that for the first time those kind of beaches were flashing in front of the windows in the back where i was working St. Augustine was, boy, talk about Christmas time. Yeah. It was lit up with three million lights, mm-hmm. and people were singing Christmas songs all over the place, all the little trolleys and tour buses. People were dressed up, and in the Christmas spirit, the Jewish community was celebrating Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. And... I never knew there were Orthodox Jewish boy bands. Well, there you go. You learned something that day, right? I got some free food, too. It was like a little <laughs> it was like a little donut or a little Danish and a couple of things yeah. as far as traditional things that they hand out. And, boy, I did not expect that out of St. Augustine. Yeah, that was a really fun surprise. And how special that we got to explore it with Derek and, and Laura Long. Yes, so special to be with them 
during that evening and their kids and watching their kids just soak up. You know, there was another special moment that day. For $10, you got to hold as many boa constrictors, boa constrictors as you wanted to. <laughs> yes. And have them wrapped around your neck. Yes. So that was fun. That was very much a photo opportunity. So I love that. It, that was really weird, Mark. They, they were really heavy and they kind of felt like that, like a cooling blanket, like really different, I'll say. And then Christmas, and I think it's Christmas Eve Eve. Oh, was it Christmas Eve yeah, Eve with the, the Turners? The so Turners they, are in yeah. town. We drive down the Fort Myers. We kayak on the Orange River where the manatees like to hang out in the winter because yes. there's, a, I think, an electric plant there. That yeah, makes the water a little bit more warm. So they, yes. they love that warm water. And I think I was surprised, like, they're just right there. They come up and bump your boat. Yes. One, of them, one of them had a cold or something because at something. some point... He blew his nose and shot something up in the air 12 or 20 feet and hit like a branch Uh, above him and then came back down and plopped on the water. (laughs) Hopefully nobody is having dinner right now or breakfast or whatever. Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of gross, but it was very curious. It was sort of the brightest moment for me. I was so, so curious. I had to ask the people when we got back, like, okay, what's going on with this manatee? And they were like, that's kind of news to us. We will go check him out and make sure he's feeling okay. So he may have had a little bit of a head cold. And coming back uh, and singing, have a little manatee Christmas with their turners. Have yourself a little manatee Christmas. Yeah, we changed up all the Christmas songs and made them up on the fly with the Turner kids. And so what a fun family. What a fun family to be with near the Christmas time. And the other person we got to hang out with around Christmas was my buddy Tammy Spidel. And that would be Christmas Day at Bush Gardens. It was so amazing. I liked how you had a combination of a very lush park, yeah, um, like a zoo, yeah. But then right over the top of you, at different places, a roller coaster like yeah. eight feet above your head, yeah, with people screaming on it right. would pass over your head now and then. That was interesting. The thing that I loved about that was if you're sort of like past your roller coaster days, you still kind of can be near enough to them that you're also just kind of experiencing the thrill of it. You know, yeah, a lot a of parks, level. I think, take their high-end rides and put them off in a corner somewhere. Yeah. And over there, that's where all the high-end rides are. And mm-hmm. Bush Gardens basically built gardens in a park where the rides are incorporated into the park, where as you're walking in and just enjoying the beautiful water features, yeah. park features, and et cetera, and the animals, yeah. Uh, you got roller coasters shooting over your head, too, at the same exactly. time. And honestly, some of the best fireworks I think I may have ever seen in my life. That was a good Super firework great. show. And before we leave uh, Tampa and Tammy, I mean, the other thing that's cool, Mark, I love, like, the river walk in downtown Tampa. To me, it's so amazing to be, like, in the inner city, and it's clean. It's Very safe. clean. Yeah. No garbage. No garbage. And you just feel safe. I mean, the evenings are so nice in Tampa in the winter. And so to be able to walk around that time of day in an inner city, three cheers for the governor of Florida. Yeah, it was Christmas time. There was an ice skating rink. There was places they were they were making artificial snow. Yeah. There were many places that you could stop and eat. Definitely. 
Okay, so obviously, Mark, we have enough brightest moments. We're going to have to break up this thing into two, part one and part two. But this is kind of a clean place to do it because this is the end of 2020 at this point, right? Is some, a lot of this. Yes. A lot we're of right this at is Christmas. In, we're at that time yeah. between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, yeah. So let's have part two starting more like kind of towards the beginning of the year of 1-1-2021. one one And in the next episode of Brightest Moments, we will be heading down to the Keys, mm -hmm. and we will Our be favorite. Key Largo, Key West, and all sorts of other points. All right. Thank you for joining us for part one, and please do join us for the brightest moments of our first year of living nomadically.